Thank you so much. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Um, as Gareth said, my name is Mosala, and I have about 10 minutes, so I will cut straight to the chase. We'll be talking about Multiply Me, and perhaps before, let me just slow down a little bit and bring greetings to you from the fellow elders at, uh, at Grace Generation Church here in Peter Maritzburg that I am privileged to, um, to be the, the elder in, one of the elders in, and we have quite a, a group amongst us here. So I will kick us off by talking about, in terms of the topic of today, multiply me. God wants us all sorts of multiplications, but that multiplication in a very significant sense has to start with myself. And we're going to talk on this on various themes. Number one, we'll talk about God's plan. Secondly, the principle of multiplication. And then thirdly, marks of a disciple. Because if we want to multiply ourselves, we need to know what it is that we are supposed to multiply. You want to multiply something that has got some sort of content. And also just by way of introduction, just want to say if you are here, you are a leader. Sometimes we have a sense uh, or a definition of leadership that is really defined by Hollywood and, and, um, and cinemas and what have you. But if you are here, you are a leader because biblical leadership actually has got nothing to do with charisma, uh, with uh, whatever distinctives you might have, whether you are short or tall or you have a, a big voice or whatever kind of voice you've got. None of those things are essential to leadership. And so I want to affirm you that you are a leader because leadership has to do, the key component of leadership is summed up in one word, biblical leadership, and that word is stewardship. So God works through people. Isn't that a privilege? God could have chosen to work however way he would have wanted to work. He could have worked through angels. He could have worked directly from heaven. He could have spoken a word and things would have happened. But he chose to work through people. And there is one quality that God expects of all of us. And that quality is the quality of faithful stewardship. God gives you gifts. And God says, I want you to steward the gifts that I have put in your hand. As a leader, you must never compare yourself with other people. Uh, you need to ask yourself only one question. What has God put in my hand? And then be faithful in stewarding the gifts and resources that God has given to you. So that's the first one. So let's just go quickly to the scriptures. We'll read 1 Corinthians 4.1. And then 2 Timothy 2.2, 2. it reads as follows. This is how we should regard us, this is how one should regard us, the apostle says, as servants of Christ Jesus and stewards of the mysteries of God. And verse 2, moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. So God is looking to you and he's looking to me. And he says, you are supposed to look at yourself as a steward, and I am looking for character from you. I'm asking you to be trustworthy and to be faithful. Second Timothy 2, 2, reads as follows, 2, 1 and 2. It says, you then, my child, be strengthened. Thank you. There you go. 
Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach other people also. So here we see multiplication. And we're going to see how God has chosen to do this in terms of his plan. So number one, let's look at God's plan for humanity. God has a plan of discipling us, of having us to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And he has chosen to do that through a process or through, a, through what is called the Great Commission. And this, the, the summary and heart of the Great Commission is simply make disciples. As a leader, God wants you to multiply yourself. And so principle number two, the principle of multiplication. And here I'm going to stretch your mind a little bit. I'm not mathematical, but I'm going to give you something that is going to require you to think a little bit. Let me give you, first of all, just in my secular training, I did, uh, I, I did some course many years ago, and they called it environmental epidemiology. It's a, it's a wonderful word, but it is, it is a study of the spread of diseases. And what they were telling us is that, number one, there is two ways that diseases spread. It could be through source contamination, and I will explain it now, or it could be through person-to-person -person spread of diseases. Source contamination is like, for instance, cholera. Cholera, you get it through, it's a waterborne disease, or listeriosis that comes through food poisoning. And if you drink water that has been contaminated by cholera, that source is going to infect many, many people very, very rapidly and quickly. And epidemiologists study this thing, and they look at sources of contamination and the spread of disease. And then there is another way of the spread of disease, and that is person-to-person -person spread, such as HIV and AIDS. It is not a source contamination. You don't get it by drinking water or something like that. You get it from one person to another person. So here's the illustration I want to give you, and I need you to think about this. If I was to give you one million bucks every single week, and you are going, and, and we are going to, I'm going to give you that million bucks per week for an entire year. That is one scenario. The second scenario is, and I want you to tell me which one you'll choose. The second, the second <laughs> are you ready to sign? The second scenario is, I'm going to give you one cent per week uh, with the provision that this cent is going to be doubled every single week for an entire year. Which, which option are you going to take? One million per week for a year? Or one cent doubled every week for an entire year? One cent doubled. You guys are smart. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why you are smart. The second illustration is, if you had a choice of discipling ten people every year, that is scenario number one. Scenario number two, you disciple one person every two years with the provision that the person that you disciple, uh, that one person over a period of two years, must also within two years disciple one person. And that person must also disciple another person in two years. Which one would you rather be? Disciple ten people or disciple only one person in two years? And they say, then say to that person, I want you to, to disciple somebody else. What you have heard from me, I want you to give to somebody else. 
Any takers? Who's going to sign for what? One person. You guys are smart. In the first scenario, by the end of the year, you'll be 52 million rand rich. In the second scenario of one cent doubled every week for one year, you will have 45 trillion rands in your pocket at the end of that year. And I calculated that one. Very difficult. My wife worked very, very hard last night. <laughs> calculated this thing. In the second scenario, you are going, if you are going to disciple people for a period of 30 years, and you've got 10 people, that you are doing every year for a period of 30 years, you'll have 300 people. But if you discipled only one person for a period of two years, provided that person disciples another person and all those people disciple other people, at the end of 30 years, you'll be having 3,200 people discipled. That is a very interesting principle that you and I need to embrace. It is the same as the source contamination and person-to-person contamination. If there is an outbreak of disease comes from a source, everybody's going to panic because many people are going to get sick very, very rapidly. But if it is one person spreading a disease to another person one at a time, we, we hardly notice what is going on. And before we know it, the entire globe is infected with all sorts of diseases around. And then I'm going to go towards landing and talk about what it is that we are multiplying. The seven marks of a disciple. If you want to do this thing and give your life to discipling other people, what kind of a person should you be? Number one, you need to make a strong commitment to share the gospel to other people. And, and this one intimidates a lot of people because they think, oh, I need to share the gospel. But actually, I like to say that all you need to do is to delight yourself in God. Because if you drink deep of God and you are satisfied in Him, it must come out. You will find yourself sharing the gospel. Secondly, learn to trust God for your daily needs. I don't have time to unpack all of these points, but this is very, very important. I like to peruse the newspaper, and in the local newspaper in Peter Marisberg, if you go towards the back, you'll find all sorts of people making all sorts of adverts. And one particular one caught my eyes because I saw it all over the place. There is also, you know, one of them is a lady called Mam Fatima. And Mam Fatima says that you must come to her and she's going to do all sorts of voodoo stuff on you, and you are going to win the lotto, and you're going to gain a lost husband, or retain a husband, or bring back lost lover, and all sorts of things. And I was asking myself, Mom Fatima, if you are so confident and so good, I think you must get yourself the lotto ticket win, and then trying to convince us that this thing works. So you can't make disciples if you yourself are not having a testimony of God's goodness and God answering your own prayers. Number three, fear God more than you fear man. This will help you a lot. Um, you, you have to learn to do this. Many things that I've done in my life 
that I have done afraid. I was afraid to do that. I didn't have the courage to do them. But I felt God wants me to do this. I fear this person. I don't want to say this to this person because I'm afraid of them. But I look at God and I think, God, I fear you more. I fear this guy, but I fear you more. So I'm going to confront this guy. <laughs> this is going to help you a lot if you learn to fear God more than you fear people. Third, fourthly, find your identity in Christ. This is extremely important, folks. You need to, to make sure that your sense of significance is found in Christ. If your life is a will, the hub of that will has got to be Christ. If you put anything other than Christ, your life is going to be lopsided. It's not going to function effectively. And people put wives there. Spouses, they put money at the center, work at the center, church at the center, friends, success, health, and all sorts of things, and they wonder why their lives are out of work. It's because you have, you've, you've become an idolater. You haven't put Christ at the center. If you put Christ at the center, all these other things become like spokes in the wheel, and your life will run effectively. And also, don't put your family relations at the center. Learn to put Christ even above family. In principle, in principle, Christ says you don't truly love him if uh, your love for him, in comparison to your love for family, it is as if you are hating your family. Christ says that is the mark of discipleship. And then be prepared to be rejected. If you are to multiply yourself, if you are to be a leader, you must be prepared for, re for rejection. Don't take it personally. It comes with the territory. Ask me. I've, I've, I've led uh, church for many years. And it is just something that is going to happen. And if you find your identity in being accepted by other people, you will not run effectively. And then um, the last one before we go to the conclusion, look forward to the future reward in heaven. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ was submissive to the Father, didn't see equality with God as something to be grasped, humbled himself even to the point of death, the lowest kind of death on the cross. And then it says, therefore, God has highly exalted him. And he's an example of what God will do for us. And if we will motivate ourselves by realizing God rewards even the giving of a cup of water to a person in his name. In conclusion... I want to exhort you, commit yourself to being a disciple-making disciple. Thank you. <clears throat>